familiar that, that I'm sure I haven't heard it before. Ah, it should fit right in with the rest of the classic rock canon that the Lurflings love so much. Oh, do you think so? I, I was just letting it all out in there, you know, not thinking about it, just uh, letting it flow. Well, that's the secret, or so they say. Speaking of secrets, what were you and Shipwood whispering about before you left the bridge a few minutes ago uh what what uh, no nothing we were just uh brainstorming hmm. a scheme to uh perhaps establish contact with our new owner the uh the little lurfling that the large larger hummus beans uh keep referring to as a runyon uh do you think runyon. do you think this runyon is a hummus bean too he's so much more pleasing to the eyes i find it hard to believe that he's just a young hummus bean Yes, yes, me too. He's so much less hideous than the hummus beans. He's he's much rounder in form, which is more pleasing, as as you say. He has bigger eyes, which make up this make up for his only having two of them. His head is larger in proportion to his body, which makes up for his having only one head. Other than yes, that, yes, what a cruel fate if he were to grow up to be as repulsive as his as his progenitors. Ah, well, the fates, as you know, are nothing if not cruel. But getting back to you and Shipwood, coming up with a plan to contact Runyon, well, don't you think that <clears throat> I, as your your captain, should be involved in such a, a, a rap session, to use the, the local lingo? Well, uh, we weren't rapping, although I, I have been known to uh, spit some rhymes when uh, spewing Fantasia, uh, which happens uh, more often than I'd like. But, but Captain, uh, we may have excluded you, figuring that you would likely follow me Porpian protocol to a T, which uh, would involve sending a series of embroideries and... Uh, oh, gory, gory, gory. Oh, are you addressing all three of my heads? Uh, you must be... Very disappointed. Gory, gory. Yes, yes, I am. I thought you might think more, more highly of your captain, nope. who has guided you successfully through 12 missions and kept you alive on the 13th missions thus far. Besides, as we are currently awaiting the outcome of our appeal, as you know, which has yet to be filed, remind me to check in with Shipwood about that, we are currently free of the Mepopian Spice Command protocols and requirements. We can <clears throat> freelance, as they say, and go completely off book, off script. We can just make it up as we go. Ah, the freedom. All those ideas we've had, but never could try. They're fair game now. 
all those those brilliant schemes, if I yes. do make it on myself. Yes, yes, it's quite liberating, isn't it? It is. It is liberating. That's just that's just the word I was looking for. Why I've I've never felt so so free. Is, is that what you feel? Really? Yes. Yes, it is. I I can finally well, I can let my creative self loose and um You're you're sloughing, Captain. Slough is pouring off of your many brows. <sighs> Ah, ah. Oh, I've, <coughs> I've never felt so lost, Corey. Help me. <laughs> yes, yes. That's so. That's, that's what Shipward and I were doing. Oh, uh, I can't take it. Anticipating this very moment, our captain, rudderless and adrift, uh, and preparing some ideas. Help uh, me. <laughs> captain, calm down. Now, Sh- Shipward, do you want to pull up plans A through D on the hollow projector there? Sure thing. Oh, thank goodness! But, <clears throat> but before we get into these I- ideas, I, I should really welcome our listeners to what is the uh, one, two, three, sixteenth, uh, sixteenth episode. Can you believe it? Our little podcast is growing up. Yes, it's the sweet sixteenth episode of Greetings, Lurflings, the podcast of the stars, and more recently, of this little nondescript rock orbiting a tiny star in a backwater area of the universe where few have dared to venture. I am your fearless and peerless captain, Yuri Ne'er-Do-Well, and this evil genius to my left, my co-pilot, and... Oh. Yes. Second in command, as I think you were about Co-pilot to say. second in command, he of the frazzled frontal lobes is Guri Tenterhooks. I must say, I'm always surprised by the new last names the writers come up with for us, Guri. Any idea why they chose Tenterhooks for you? Well, uh, hmm. I, I come from a long line of Tenterhooks. Uh, my great, great, but not so great, if you ask around, uh, grandfather, who was a blast of solar radiation from Brahm 6, uh, he invented the tenterhook on a brief visit to Lurf, perhaps 200 Lurfian solar trips ago, uh, amassing a small family fortune for his heirs. Very small. Uh, enough to pay for my Space Academy training exam. It paid just for the entrance exam. And, and then, as you know, I had to work in retail, as we've uh, previously established, to pay my way through school. But this is all far more an un- uninteresting detail than anyone really wanted to hear as part of an introduction, uh, especially for a made-up name that would be changed by the next episode, most likely. Yes, yes, yes. As Mepopians, we don't actually have last names, just a first name and a series of ever more humiliating nicknames as we progress in age and through universal society. But let's not get into that just yet. It's hardly important for our current plot line, which I believe we should return to presently. Shipwood, would you mind taking us through your and Guri's plans to establish contact with the Runyon? Yes, Captain. Uh, if you can draw your attention to the hollow projection here. Oh, wait. wait oh, my. Sorry. Sorry. She is quite attractive. Ooh, Who is that? Hey. Sorry, it's a bit inappropriate. Sorry. Uh, uh, did have that I, talk, Shipwood. 
I was displaying a I was displaying a bit of my pornographic memory there of the old ship's uh, computer files. Uh, well, Let I me can see. see why it's so memorable. Although I thought you were more into machines, Shipwood. Well, I don't discriminate, Captain. I don't discriminate. I wouldn't mind taking a bite out of those bits. What? <laughs> so, sorry, I was trying to make a racy data joke. You know that that was bite spelled with a Y, and uh, bits like. Uh, oh my goodness! Another joke that only works on paper. This is a podcast, Gory. Or should I be addressing the writers? Oh, okay, guys. All right, I, I got the correct hollow projection deck now. This is Plan A. Although. I should stress, we have not ranked these plans in order of expected effectiveness or efficiency. Perhaps that would be a good exercise to engage in following this this presentation. Um, um, Just one question. Uh, uh, Will we be ranking them for effectiveness and efficiency combined or for effectiveness, one ranking, and then efficiency as a separate ranking? I I just want to make sure I'm taking notes appropriately. How about if I proton blast all your notes at the end? Then it won't matter what you write down, hmm? What such hostility, Captain? I'm just yes. trying to be diligent here. And uh, I i mean, one idea could be highly effective, but very inefficient. Please, then, Chip, what? Shipward, ignore the ignoramus to my left and proceed. Just trying to <clears throat> <clears throat> so plan A involves hypnosis. We will flash our external lights in a soothing pattern as the Runyon is drifting off to sleep. Then, when he is in a state of lucid dreaming, we activate the external loudspeaker with our translator plug-in, introduce ourselves, explain that we are the rightful owners of this spaceship, and ask him to open his window so that we may escape. Hmm. Well... Interesting, sort of a high-risk, high-reward endeavor. I know there's an expression about stealing candy from a baby, but I think stealing a new toy from a small child could be a different thing altogether. Understood, and I tend to to concur. Just Hmm. just wait, excuse me. Are we going to be ranking these plans by risk level, too? Because let me add a column... Here. <sighs> What's the next plan, shipward? Carry on. Plan, plan B involves boat cooking. We gather mm. all the ingredients for Guri's favorite meal, rotted goat a la mar, place them in an old boat, push it out to sea, and then extract everything the Runyon knows using our experimental brain scope. Mmm, I like this plan, Captain. Okay, okay. First of all, the boat cooking seems to have nothing to do with the real meat of the plan, so to speak. Oh, au contraire, Captain. Uh, The real meat of the plan will be in the boat. The rotting goat. Guri was very hungry when we were coming up with this plan. Ah, I see. Still am hungry. But more importantly, I didn't know we had an experimental brain scope that could be used on nerflings. Where is this brain scope? Well, well, it's uh, still a prototype, Captain. You see, I, I took this common vacuum toilet plunger, and uh, uh, and then we would attach the hose to ship Weena's data entry port. I'll do the attaching to the entry port. 
I know how to push Shipwina's buttons, if you know what I mean. Yes, yes, we know all too well what you mean, Shipwood. And then, and then we place the plungy part on the Runyon's one large head, uh, perhaps on one of the openings on either side of his head. And uh, yes, and I would cate- categorize this plan as high risk. No reward, as we'd likely only succeed in causing some sort of injury to the young Leffling and obtain zero information. Ah, uh, but our stomachs would be full, so we should keep that in mind. I'm going to mark this one down as uh, highly effective. What is and, the next uh, plan, please? Plan C. Yes. Again, these are in no particular order. Yes, that's been clearly established. Plan C involves sending Guri out with a sturdy rope when the Runyon is sleeping. <laughs> Wait, hey, I did not volunteer for this mission. It, I said it could be any one of us. But we all know it would be Guri who will approach the slightly open mouth of the <laughs> snoring Lurfling and fasten one end of the rope around one of its front teeth. Uh, he will then attach the other end of the rope to the closest doorknob which we will then use the ship's engines in hairdryer mode to slam closed. The rope should extract the Lurfling's tooth so quickly as to minimize the pain and disruption to the Runyon's slumber. This sounds very high risk indeed. And what do we want with the Runyon's tooth exactly? Oh boy, do we have to spell everything out, Captain? Clearly, we will implant a speaker in the tooth. Oh, a Bluetooth speaker. I see what you did there. (laughs) Yes, uh, a wireless speaker will be implanted in the tooth, and the tooth will be replaced in the Runyon's mouth with some intergalactic superglue, and thus we will be able to communicate with the young Lurfling when he wakes up. Ah, I like where that plan ended up, but I do worry about about the tooth extraction part, which sounds very high risk indeed. And painful. Oh, now, now, wait a minute. I thought we were going to rank these plans by effectiveness and efficiency, but we keep talking about risk. Couldn't we I, implant the speaker without removing the tooth, perhaps? Well, if I had all my dental tools back on Toshiba, perhaps... Dental tools? I I thought you were a gym teacher. I was studying to be a dentist, but my point was we haven't fully tested our speaker technology with a live Lurfling tooth. My assumption is that it would work better on a dead tooth. So not only do we need to extract the tooth, but we need to to kill it. Senseless tooth aside... You, you know I belong to a tooth aside of prevention society. At this point in the program, we are required by law to state that if you or anyone you know is considering tooth aside, please call the National Tooth Aside Prevention Hotline at 222-273-333. That's 222-273-333. And now we return, I mean, <clears throat> and now we return to greetings, earthlings. My girlfriend in college attempted to suicide once. It's no laughing matter. I'll, I'll invite you to our next society meeting, Shipward. Good snacks, lots of sweets. How do we kill a tooth anyway? By hanging? 
Usually the process of extracting it and severing it from its roots will lead to its death. Although there have been known to be certain zombie teeth, as I believe they're called, who return to some semblance of life once placed back in the mouth, or if perchance they are cast in a major network sitcom. Oh, like Chevy Chase in uh, Community. Are, are we aware of... Lurfian television shows as well? I, I thought it was just the movies. Well, I, I, I did a little extra research uh, on our trip to Lurf. Okay, okay, well, is there one more plan to review, or is that it? Yes, uh, last but not least, as I have stressed, these are in no particular order, is Plan D, which involves turning up our external loudspeakers all the way as loud as they can go, and seeing if our translated communications are audible to the Runyon. What? If it might be that simple, how was that? How is this not plan A? I said these were being presented in no particular order. We just waded through three very risky plans and just as many pages of the script here when... Turning our external speaker volume all the way up could distort the transmission or worse, blow a speaker. And, and, and it would be very loud for us, Captain. It, it might hurt our 42 ears. As, as you know, we have a few less tentacles than we have ears, so it's very difficult for us to cover all of our ears at once. It's a blessing and a curse, our superhearing. Still, we could turn off the internal speakers as we blast the external speaker, and we should be able to bear the noise when we are safely inside the ship. I don't understand why we didn't start and stop with this plan. It's brilliant. Are, are you saying we're not going to rank the plans now by effectiveness, efficiency, and risk? I can enter everyone's scores into a spreadsheet here. Okay. No, no, you fools. We are going with plan D. It's obvious that is our best plan. As much as I'd like to send Gory out to extract and slay a Lurfian tooth, we're going I, with plan D. I, I hadn't volunteered to do that, uh, but I think you're right, Captain. I mean, I, I send you anyway. we got a score of 92 on my ledger, but anyway. But okay, I think let's, uh, uh-oh, wait a minute. I think I see some movement outside of the starboard window there. Uh, the Runyon has awoken. I see we've settled on our plan just in time. Shipwood, activate the loudspeaker and mute the internal speakers when we are talking, if you can. My eye, Captain. What? <laughs> Have you hurt your eye? What, what terrible timing. No, my eye's fine. You and Gurry told me last episode that was how I should acknowledge commands on a Meporpian spaceship. Oh. Instead of I, I, you said my I. So, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Of course. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I thought you said me I, as in I've stabbed me I, Captain, and so that's why I became quite concerned. But yes, my I, Captain, is <clears throat> is what you should say. So. I'm glad we cleared that all up. Captain, yes. Captain, the Runyon is approaching. If he picks us up again, I might immediately Fantasia. Strap yourselves in and do not panic. Proximity alert. Large, unidentified being approaching. Ho, 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 don't you know it, honey? 
Oh no, Shipwood, this is not the time nor the face for this type of behavior. Don't you remember our little HR talk last episode? It's very inappropriate. Ah, Captain, I think it's time or place, Captain. Time or face makes no sense. Nothing makes sense here on Earth, but we cannot afford to have Shipwood distracted at this crucial moment. Gory, go see if Manuel Override can temporarily shut down Shipwina. We must do that. Well, it's... It's time for his siesta, but okay, yes, yes, I'll I'll wake him. Where you hiding this time, you little fox? <laughs> what sort of crew is this? God, once again, I'm surrounded by idiots. Or oh, actually, now I'm surrounded by by no one. The bridge is deserted, and and the runyon is approaching. Oh, oh, sweet Gallagher's gulch! I need somebody's. Somebody's help here. Uh, uh, Timmy! What? Oh, never mind. I, I need to do this. I need to do this myself. Let's see. Where are the loudspeaker controls? Loudspeaker, loudspeaker. Just turn them all the way up. Let's try this one. No. Let's, how about this one? This, oh, this must be it. Oh, 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 no, 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 cut, cut the music, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not what I want, wait, no. was that Guri in the bathroom? Oh, it sounds like my workout routine. Sorry, <laughs> had to go. Did, did you wake up Manuel? I did, uh, but there was a bit of a language issue, I don't speak Spanish. You don't speak two million different languages in the universe. Don't you have your translator? Sorry, I left it on the bridge. You're you're demoted. What is your current rank? We're we're disbarred from me, Barbian Command, remember? Well, well, as soon as we are reinstated, I will be recommending an immediate demotion. You'll be lucky to be head desk clerk by the time... All of my embroideries are filed. Oh, goodness. I see the eye of the Runyon outside our window. He is here. Oh, he's gigantic. Okay, I will I'll handle this myself. Now, <clears throat> I believe the loudspeaker function is on, and I should be able to establish contact through this, through this microphone. <clears throat> okay, here goes. Uh, hello? Testing, hello? Can you hear me? Th- this... Um, this is Captain Yuri of the Gloomy. What? Gloomy? No, 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 no. Hello, hello, Runyon. My name is Yuri. Yuri from. Uh, hi, Gloomy. Gloomy. No, 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 no. No, it's Yuri, not not Gloomy. Yuri, Yuri, Captain Yuri. Gloomy, Gloomy, fly in space. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, everyone. No, no. Uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Runyon, can you hear me? Please please put us down. We're, we're inside Gloomy, the ship. Gloomy Zoom to Star 9. Fight the bad guys. No, uh, Star 9? Why, why, yes, Runyon, we've, we've been there before. How do, you, how do you know about Star 9? Take me to your leader. What? Oh, Runyon. Uh, our leader is uh, very hard to meet and 
very hard to see. He inhabits a special crystal. No, and no, no, he... no. Glooby say, take me to your leader, to the bad guys. Oh, I see. We are, oh, are we playing a game? Uh, you are playing a game with my ship. No, no my spaceship. No. Glooby, my toy. No, no, no. I am, I am not your toy, Runyon. Let's be clear. I say, am. Take a... me to your leader. Say it. <sighs> <sighs> Very well. I will play along in your your game for now, Runyon. Say it! Say okay. it! Okay, okay. <sighs> Bad guys, take me to your leader. Okay, you ask for it. You will face the mighty Gorgon Zola in fight to death. Now fire lasers! Pew! Oh my god, that is not the sound lasers make, Runyon. Please, plus we have a fully functional soup cannon here. Why are you playing around? Soup. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Soupy glooby. Soupy oh glooby. Idiot. Soup. Soupy glooby. Runyon, it's time to get school. Come downstairs now. Oh, no. I'm playing. Now, Runyon, we're late. Okay. Okay. I have to go. But you stay right here. Bye, Gooby. Don't die. Bye, Runyon. Ridiculous. What what did I miss? What what did you miss? What did you miss? You fool, you just missed our first contact with Runyon, who somehow knows about Star Nine. What? But but how would he? That's impossible. He is a tiny hummus bean who has never left this planet. Well, he said Star Nine. He said it very, very clearly. Well, it could have been a lucky guess. Perhaps. At first I thought he was just playing a game, using us as a as a toy. But, but then he made me say, take me to your leader, to the bad guys. Oh, you didn't. Have you no shame, Captain? Give me a break, Gory. I was just just playing along with a child's game. But then he said I would have to face the infamous Gorgon Scourge of Universe, Gorgon Zola. Gorgon Zola? But, oh, but surely he will kill you in less than one micro-Carflugon. I mean, you, you don't even stand a chance. Well, thank you, Gori, for that vote of confidence, but I do think this is still just part of Little Runyon's game. You're not actually going to have to face Gorgonzola. Are you sure? Possible. Are you sure? Can we be absolutely sure? Because if not, I will be hiding in the cargo hold until the danger has passed. Oh, that is so, so utterly brave of you, Gori. But but how would he know about the Gorgons in Star 9? I mean, per- perhaps the Runyon is not a little hummus bean after all. Oh, I, I don't know, Gori. It's, it's a mystery. Well, perhaps we shouldn't wait around here to find out. Are we, are we not free to leave this hummus bean domicile? Let's just blast out of here. Well, the the Runyon did tell me to wait here. I feel like there could be much we could learn from this creature. Oh, what are you saying, Captain? Suddenly you think we can learn something from these primitive Lurfians. Have you lost your minds? Besides, all our systems seem to be offline again. Shipwood's doing, no doubt. Oh, curse you, Shepard. 
Instead of two ships' computers, we have zero, as they keep canceling each other out, as it were. Oh, she certainly did cancel me out today. I am beat. I'll see you guys in the morning. Oh, that's just great, Chipwood. Thanks for stopping by. Really, Shepard? Keep it in your tunic for once, couldn't you? No, but Gory, I, I do think we should stay here and see what additional information we can glean from the Runyon. Perhaps he will reveal a weakness of the Gorgon ruler, which we can exploit once we return to meet Popian command. And we will be celebrated as heroes. Oh, everyone does love a good comeback story, Captain. Yes, and then, and then we can throw it in, f- in face in the faces of Hanos the Toothless and those disciplinary ghouls who, who stripped us of our rank and of our favorite socks. Right, although we don't have feet, so I'm not sure why. Well, we well, that's right. I, I suppose tentacle warmers would be the more correct term, but it's just easier to say socks. Anyway, we'll have to stop at uh, Socks to Be You, the interstellar sock outlet mall on Tiberian 4. First chance we get. Yes, yes, yes. There's, there's a lot of things we need to do. First chance we get. But I see the blinking red light here means we are overdue from a word from our sponsor and the other silly segments we are contractually obligated to offer during these podcasts. Oh, boy. I apologize in advance, fair listeners, for the remaining content which tends to be far less interesting than our ongoing adventures here on Earth. But then again, you never know. Maybe those morons sponsoring us will find a way to become more relevant to our storyline, and maybe you'll find some useful information or nuggets of wisdom in our movie reviews, cooking recipes, or it looks like we have a weather postcast coming up, which should prove useful. So stay tuned! For more scintillating content on Greetings Lurflings, the podcast that dares to be different. What? How are we being different? I mean, everything by nature is different from something else. Otherwise, it would be exactly the same thing, which would be very hard to pull off an exact duplicate of another podcast. So how does one dare to be different? You are different by necessity, by default. There's nothing daring in that. It's quite unassuming, actually. Possibly meek. We could be meek and different as well. And I think I'm just talking in circles. Right now. Oh, well, that there was quite a walk home. Thanks for leaving me in a cloud of dust back outside the toy store, boys. Don't mention it. Oh, you're you're welcome. No, no, really. Thank you, thank you. I had ample time for self-reflection. And I don't mean inward, inwardly focused thought. I mean staring at my reflection in a little pool of water in a babbling brook off the side of the road. The brook babbled. I babbled. There was a lot of babbling. I can picture it quite clearly. Yes, yes. And, and one thing I... Saw quite clearly in that reflection staring back at me was, uh, do you know what I saw? I saw some dishevelment, sure. Some possible signs of disease, that's a given. Some borderline insanity, granted. But you know what else I saw? Fortitude, perseverance, 
rugged individualism. My friends, I saw the vis- visage, uh, visage of our late. Wow. <laughs> visage. You help me out. Visage. Visage of our late great president, Teddy Roosevelt, staring back up at me. Out of the wow. Point. I've heard of having an inflated sense of self or delusions of grandeur, but uh, this is a whole whole different story. This is who I am, Hank, and it's, it is who all of us are or need to be if we're going to be entrepreneurs. There ain't nothing more difficult in this world, I dare say, than being an entrepreneur. Well, uh, what about uh, overcoming disease or, or disability or, or even poverty? Child's play, Hank. Compared to conceiving of and implementing a business and marketing plan. Take you, for example, Hank. When did you first decide when did you first decide to go into the wholesale hole business? Well, uh, you know, CC, on on the ride home, Dennis and I were just discussing how the whole hole business was leaving something to be desired, and I've been thinking for some time of expanding the business model and Getting into wrenches. Wrenches? There's a real market out there for wrenches, boys. I know know this from talking to our customers who come here for drills and saws. Many times, those customers are not looking for holes. I mean, they can make holes with the drills and the saws we sell them, but they do need wrenches. Uh, socket wrenches, pipe wrenches, torque wrenches, adjustable spanners, straight jaw, tongue, and groove wrenches, monkey wrenches, sea monkey wrenches, heart wrenches. Well, and, wrenches for pipes and uh, wrenches, wrenches of all types. There, there are just a, a whole lot of a whole lot more possibilities here. See, see, see. <laughs> So you're saying, let me get this straight. So you're saying you want to expand our product base and the name on our sign, which is already a mouthful, uh, to, to say something like CC's and Dennis's and Hank's House of uh, Saws, Drills, Holes, and Wrenches? Well, uh, we were thinking we might, we might just drop the whole hole business altogether. Cut out the holes? But why? Where am I going to get holes for that miniature golf course I want to build someday? Well, the, the liability insurance that I'm required to, to carry for selling black holes, well, it's astronomical, oh. see, see, you, you wouldn't believe it. Besides, all it takes is one overly curious customer to activate one of those suckers, and then this entire planet gets sucked out of existence. Well, that's no good. And you're worried about the liability, if that happens, Hank? I mean, who exactly would be coming to you for reparations were such an event to occur? Well, uh, I imagine there's some sort of a high power to answer to. I mean, well, well, it just gotta be. Does there, though? I mean, if there's a higher power exacting its influence on life as we know it on this here third rock from the sun, uh, I've yet to see any evidence of it. No, if anything, we seem to be stranded and left to our own woefully inadequate devices here. I mean, if there was any sort of meaning or purpose in this life, I have never seen hide nor hair. Not one sign. Say, say. Uh, uh, Sheila. How you doing, say, say. 
Oh, Sheila, is it really you? Have you really come back to me? Well, possibly. <laughs> That's not a no. Did you hear that, compadres? Well, what a day this is turning out to be. Oh, Sheila, you've returned to me just in time. I was I was beginning to doubt my own abilities as an entrepreneur and, dare I say, as a man. Why, just earlier today, I tried to say something nice to a sales girl, and it didn't uh, Um, uh, Cece, you, you, you just might want to uh, focus on your, on your apology to Sheila, right? Oh, right, right, that's right. I, I do owe you something of an apology, Sheila, truth be told. As the good Lord knows, who is always up there smiling down upon us, uh, I have stumbled from time to time along this bumpy road that is our marriage. Uh, but sometimes it's not the bumps in the road causing our carriage to jostle around back and forth. Ain't that right, Sugar Toots? No, see, see. You know what they say about when the house is a rocket. Don't you come a knocking unless that is you've brought an assortment of marital aids and a willingness to try new things. Uh, but really, Sheila, can I be frank with you? Uh, and by frank, I mean that burly milkman you always had a thing for. No, but Shirley, Sheila, uh, how is your sister, Shirley? And when could you invite her over? No, sorry. I'm sorry, Sheila. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited that you're back. Perhaps you should get around that apology, CC, and not jump right back into your old way. Nope, nope. Dennis is right. He is a veritable soothsayer. Sheila, I have done you wrong, and that makes me wrong. And for that, I am truly sorry. Can you find it in your parts? I mean, I mean, in your heart to forgive me, sweet Sheila. Hmm. Well, well, I may soon regret this, as in very soon. Okay, Cece, I forgive you, but no more shenanigans, you promise? Oh, I cross my heart and hope to die, Sheila. Your voice is just like butter. Butter to me. But that's uh, but I do cross my heart and hope to die, Sheila. I, and, and that's not just what I do each day, uh, each morning before I go to work. I mean it. I mean, I'm turning over a new leaf here. Uh, but first, I'd like to turn you over, if you know what I mean. Uh, if I could just see you for a minute in the old uh, Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, ju just mind the we'll just mind the store for you, CC. And, and by the way, it, it did turn out okay with that acting student with the head wound who, who we left in charge. Yeah, it turned out to be a combination of stage makeup and an actual saw blade that did get partially lodged in his scalp. A case of fiction meeting reality when he got to live too close to the table saw while acting out a workplace accident. But as you predicted, our sales doubled in the afternoon following that incident. It, it turns out not all of your harebrained schemes are so harebrained after all. Well, isn't it harebrained? Hair, isn't it H-A-I-R? No, it's harebrained as in the brain of a hare, the animal. Oh, uh, well, I thought it was like the size of a strand of hair's brain. <laughs> if a strand of hair had a brain. You'd so well, speak. hair doesn't have a brain. So that makes no sense, Hank. You have to use your own brain when you're thinking about these things. 
Well, that, that's right. Some, sometimes I forget being in the whole business. Sometimes, well, sometimes things slip right out of the old noggin. Well, that doesn't make much sense either. What's with the recording crew here? What are you guys doing? Oh, uh, CC has us uh, recording all this for the next commercial. Don't, don't mind us. Well, that's a wrap, boys. I think you got enough material for today. Oh, oh, okay. All right, stop rolling, boys. Uh, check the levels. Uh, did we get it? Okay, okay. Good, let's pack up. Pack these things. I'm not sure I'll ever get used to this flea circus. Oh, uh, is the flea circus in, in town? Oh, where, where are they? I'm sure you go to the flea circus. Welcome back, everyone, from another thrilling update to our sponsor's storyline. I'm, I'm not sure why they couldn't just tell us what they're selling, where they are located, and, and be done with it. But Yeah, it's well. very confusing. I mean, it's not much like a commercial at all anymore, aside from the fact that they do occasionally mention the items they sell in their store or, or in their roadside tent or whatever. And you know, somebody needs to explain to them the kind of a hardware store where they might offer many different types of tools all at once. Well, yes, they're but they're very slowly getting there, aren't they? Uh, with Hank's new interest in selling wrenches, uh, they're moving in the right direction, at least. Have they ever? Have they never seen a Home Depot? How can they miss these stores? They are bright orange. Yes, well, I'm afraid their heads might explode if these fools were ever to come across one of those. But we have a new segment here on the podcast that I'm quite, quite very excited about. In fact, something I think all of our listeners here on Earth, but also across the universe, will find terribly useful. And that is our Mepopian weather postcast. Yes, you see anyone can make some wild guesses and try to forecast the weather but it takes a firm grasp of reality and recent history to accurately relate the weather that just occurred in a location near you. So, Guri, do you want to start us off with the weather we experienced this past week on Meepop? Sure, Yuri, thank you. And and uh, might I say that's a nice selection of tentacle warmers you've chosen for yourself? Oh, 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 these old things. Well, as you know, my, my favorite ones were confiscated by the goon squad, but I was able to fashion these out of some socks we stole from some hummus bean dryers. In fact, it's actually a... Please don't mention dryers in front of me. I'm not completely over Martha. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry, Shepward. Oh, too soon, too soon, Captain. Anyway, anyway, on Meepop, uh, we had quite a busy week, meteorologically speaking. Uh, with hot lava raining down in bursts over the Shermerwood forests and wombat soup spewing from the volcanoes just east of the capital city of What's-It-Now. Uh, and, and that now that was this past Monday. Oh, wow. Well, I hope things get got better from there. They didn't, Yuri. Uh, oh. On Tuesday, a giant chasm opened up along Highway 12 between Hockey Mock and Gangrenadine, uh, swallowing up the entire town of Build Here Anyway. Oh, didn't they know not to build a town on top of that major fault line? Well, the surveyor said one thing, the geologist said another, and in the end, the Meporpian pioneers decided to build there anyway, as the uh, town name suggested. 
Sort of makes you wonder whose fault was it? <laughs> it was the Vundergap fault. Quite well known to uh, Meeporpians. Oh, I see. Who oh, I see, Shipwood, was trying to make a joke. Very good, Shipwood. Your, your AI programming is always learning, always always trying new things. Remember, Captain, he's not a computer, Captain. Uh, but oh, uh, but right. anyway, on, on Wednesday, uh, on Wednesday, there was a bit of a relief uh, on Meeporp with just some occasional spotty showers of screaming banshees in the hills outside of Glamrock. Ah, so the most eventful weather occurred earlier in the week, then? Not quite. On Thursday, all hell broke loose with lava, hot gas, and winged demons emanating from the core of Meeporp through the many fissures and faults that riddle our asteroid. As you know, every 17 Carflugons, the demons awake from their slumber and torment the Meeporpians with their barbed stingers and their ill-conceived comic stylings. They tell bad jokes and then sting you repeatedly, whether you laugh or not. Oh, hell indeed. Hell indeed. Yes, yes. And this persisted well into Friday before the fissures closed up and the demons were finally overcome by drowning in puddles of their own flop sweat. Uh, I've been there before. There was a virtual open mic night on the Lurfian interweb a few nights ago and I, I tested out some of my own jokes that I've been writing. And I didn't get very far before my sweat short-circuited at the console, providing me with quite the electronic jolt in the process. Well, I, I hope you learned your lesson, Shipwood, which is to leave the humor to us. Oh, I did, although I gotta say, I did catch the bug a little bit, so I can't say I won't return to it at some point. Well, I pray that will not be in our presence. But anyway, Gory, does that wrap up the weather postcast from you, Pop? Uh, pretty much. Uh, yesterday was rather uneventful, with just a slight breeze of ineptitude out of the east. Uh, the full moon caused an extra high soup tide, which hopefully didn't catch our boat cookers by surprise. Ah, well, thank you, Gory. Perhaps next time we'll provide the weather postcast for your neck of the universe. As always, you can count on our postcast to be nearly 100% accurate. Give or take a few percentage points for a weather that is open to interpretation, of course. Hopefully you find this segment a worthwhile addition to the podcast and a useful public service. I found it very useful, personally. Shut up, Shipwood. Please don't practice your comedy here. I was being serious. Oh, sorry about that. Whose fault is it? Oh, so I do believe we're out of script, but uh, what's this right here? Or oh, me fiend! What, fiend? Brother, Why are you is? always here at the end, very reliably? Uh, because me fiend! Is that, is that where you've always been? Fiend lives in fiend! <laughs> I know, but always? I mean, once upon a time when you were little... Did you ever reside somewhere else? Only, only as interlude to four-part series. Oh. <laughs> then Theed not Theed, Theed in sort of the middle. <laughs> sort of an intermission. Yes, like intermission. Sort of. We thought it was Theed, but in fact, not Theed, just 
The beginning. Ah, the beginning of the end. Beginning. The of end of one story is just the beginning, the beginning of, of another. <laughs> I guess it's the theme for anyone who left early, anyone who left at intermission. So you were sort of practicing. In way I was practicing. <laughs> who were your parents? Well, my parents, Thede came from a very small family of thousands. <laughs> a cast of thousands? Family of thousands. Family of thousands. I'm not. I was born from trees. And a, oh. and a ray of a solar flare. Uh, a, was it? A, a stray solar, a blast of solar radiation, I believe, was my father. But you're saying you Fiend. were. Oh, yes, Fiend born from nothingness. From nothingness came Fiend. Oh. And then returned to nothingness after Fiend as well. Yes. Fiend's mother was Meta. Fiend's father, Foracle, was his name. <laughs> oh. I think I get it. Oh. <laughs> Where was Fiend? Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yes, Shepard. Uh, how do you know oh, no. that the Lurfian god is a, a baseball fan? Is this, uh, this is another joke? This sounds like a joke. Okay. Just humor him. Uh, okay. How uh, do we know that the Lurfian god loves baseball? Whatever that is. In. Yeah, in, I, the, I, in the Lurfian holy book, the Bible, the first words are in the big inning. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. I, 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 I thought of this when you were talking about the beginning. <laughs> That's oh, pretty good. You've got to workshop this stuff. Fiend's sister is beginning. <laughs> oh. Oh, careful. Keep her away from Shipward. Shipward? <laughs> Shipward, stay away from sister. Uh, <laughs> you leave beginning alone. I'm not even sure what your sister She's is. She's so young. <laughs> She's so very, very young. She was just born. Well, there's only nine. Uh, I don't... Innings at most. I'm not clear on what you are, so I'm not clear on what you're... Your sister is it's nothing personal, or personal even, or is Boy, that even appropriate? This interspecies dialogue something to be desired, Shipward. You should go to sensitivity training. No, I didn't mean anything by it. I was just, <laughs> I was just trying to clarify. For the the list of HR trainings that you're behind on are, is is growing. We, yes, we did have that talk, Shipwood, and I, I don't think you understand a word of what I said. Plus, you I do think you might have been sleeping when we had that conversation. Do you? I was sleeping, actually, yeah, during the cultural cultural part, I think. Oh, God. You do realize that you could be dismissed for your behavior. <laughs> We're not really. Well, Captain, we've been dismissed ourselves, actually. Wait, that is beside the point. I know. We we plan to be reinstated. Thede, uh, yes, which, we will be reinstated if ever we can get this embroidery filed. I know. Shipwood. We, until that happens. We forgot to ask about that in this episode. Oh. Keeps getting can we, kicked Can we go back road. and edit it? Should 
well, we could do it now. We're still technically in the episode. No! Seed! <laughs> oh, no. Seed is here! <laughs> we can't advance Episode the- over! We can't advance the story in any way whatsoever. No! Seed contractually obligated to stop all plot development. Seed? Until next episode. Seed, what if we were to... Episode 17. Seed, what if we were to offer you the role of Sheila? Who? Cece's wife. Oh. In the next, <laughs> in the next Do, episode. Does... Does Thede have to try out? Does Thede have to audition? Well, every it's a formality, really, if, at this point, because we know you. Can I can I audition right now? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, Thede's so excited. Get in the costume first. Want to be? Okay. Okay. Thede. We'll turn around. We're, we're not looking. Costume. Okay. Hold on. <clears throat> okay, Very I looked. Tight. I looked. You got me. So embarrassing. <laughs> okay, so the line. <laughs> the line, yes, what is my line? Let's just find a line from. Find a good one. Um, Seemed very nervous. Well, there's OCC, you know, in a bashful way, so maybe you could try that one at some point. Okay, 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 ready. <laughs> OCC! <laughs> OCC! A little more bashful. Maybe, maybe coy playing. Okay. Uh, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> OCC. OCC. I think, I think that was the one. <laughs> Sounded a little bit like he was in pain, but. I am in very <laughs> serious pain. This or maybe the costume much too tight. Fiend is 4,000 tons. <laughs> In this costume, Yuri, why do very we, size five? Yuri, why do Thind, why do we get into costume for the podcast? I Thind has no idea. Thind, not a very big fan of podcast. That's why Thind always want to end podcast. <laughs> so maybe you want the part. Is that what you're trying to tell us? No, Thind very much want part. <laughs> okay, um, Thind ruined podcast. By doing very bad job. <laughs> no, I think it was a solid audition. <laughs> Fiend acted before. Shipboard Fiend played part of Cookie Monster on Sesame Street. I knew it was familiar. Oh. Yes, Cookie, Cookie, Cookie starts with C. Oh, that's very, yes. Oh, I love cookies. How did we miss it's that? So good. It's been driving me crazy for like the Cook- three episodes what? I've done. Fiend, can I do, do, do something? It always do, bothered me. What, why? Do you have cookies? <laughs> do you have cookies here? But, but, Fiend, you never. A eat, little chopper? You never eat the cookies. You just chop them up and they all fall out of your mouth. It's always bothered me. What, even he, doesn't have, he doesn't even have a throat. I don't I mean, know. There's no esophagus. There's right. Fiend, uh, tell, you, tell you the truth. Oh, okay. Fiend, suffer from bulimia. Oh. Very serious bulimia. Is that part of the special part of the? Market? I eat cookies and then I just throw up everywhere. But I love the cookie taste. I can still taste the cookies. Seems like That's a meal. They don't go into my tum tum. Seems like a missed opportunity for children's television workshop. There, they never they never said the word bulimia though. No, but but you know it was it was implied. You know, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the message might have gotten across. That's how that's how you do it with the with the with the young Lurfians. With the toddlers. You can't you can't fill it out. Cookies. 
Don't spoon feed it to him. We'll have to ask. Oh, well, you can spell out that today's letter is B <laughs> for Bolivia. B. To ask uh, Runyon the next you. time we encounter him. Hopefully, I won't L. be in, on the in the vacuum toilet next time. That would. Oh, be. do not like vacuum toilets. <laughs> Oh. Theme had very terrible accident with vacuum toilets. Oh, Theme, do you just? How else would you go? We trust me. We're tra- traipsing about the Lurfian surface here and having to dig holes. That was no fun. Yeah, well, Theme thought vacuum toilet was water fountain. <laughs> not, not the case. <laughs> very, very gross. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, really. There's no flowing water. Well, I suppose there might be. Theed push the reverse button. <laughs> Don't know even why there is reverse button. Did not taste like cookies at all. <laughs> Very faulty engineering. Questionable engineering there. Yes, <laughs> but that's because Madda Inchana is where this was made. The reverse button. <laughs> Remember, press the flush button, not the reverse flush. Well, vacuum cleaner have... Reverse button. Lots of things have reverse button. <laughs> it's like they just took a vacuum motor and didn't bother to cover up the reverse button or remove it. I, left yes, it left very it. cheaply made. I always assumed that was a bidet. <laughs> What's a bidet? Uh, it's a. Uh, it cleans your your area down there. The undercarriage. Undercarriage. <laughs> oh, yes. birthday. What B day? Is that what you mean? No. Birthday. No. Birth- Happy birthday to yeah. you. Yeah. you the B day button when you. Yes, that's why I push the button. Yeah, yeah, it, it was my birthday. You're <laughs> supposed to use it once a year. That's recommended, and it's easiest to remember. You do it on your birthday. I think that's where this term came from. It's recommended? Yes. Rec- rec- it's recommended. It's, oh, I thought it was named com. after Charles Bidet. Um, explorer discovered the geysers south of uh, the Grand Canyon, maybe. I don't know. I don't think anyone could have survived that. <laughs> Sat down on Old Faithful, and it's the last they ever saw of Charles Bidet. But an idea was born. <laughs> if we okay. just dial back the pressure, <laughs> could be very useful. Yeah. Get rid of the reverse button. They noticed that because of how clean he was when he came down yeah. two days later. <laughs> very much dead, but clean. <laughs> And ironically, I think the fear in him kind of, you know, created a, a movement that was immediately cleaned and immediately. Uh... <laughs> yes, he started the vowel, the bowel movement, <laughs> so to speak. And many devoted followers, followers, yes, devotees, yes, as they say. Okay. Well, I'm pooped. <laughs> 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 Thind, get part. <laughs> Thind, we'll let you know. Okay, stay by your phone. Oh, okay, stay by phones. <laughs> we got a lot of other people to talk to, but 
Fiend, understand. Yeah. Fiend, talk to Agent and see what he can do. Fiend, always have Cookie Monster roll to fall back. Is on. Marty your agent too? He, he's, he's been pretty good. Oh, yes. Oh. Fiend, love Marty. Oh, boy. He's, he's really cornered the market. Marty said, next episode... I contractually obligated to be introduced oh at beginning of podcast. Well, now that would be confusing. Wow. That would be very confusing. Please, how do we? Everyone, well, how do we I mean, would, the, would it just the end? Would that, would that just be the end of the podcast? Oh, Fiend, not think about that. <laughs> Maybe Fiend be introduced at end of podcast. Oh, we could work that into the contract. Yes. Work into contract. And Sheila. Yes, yes. We will work it into Sheila. Well, we'll have to ask Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, this will be great. <laughs> <laughs>